Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello, my friends, and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show. My name is Simon Miller, the board a-hole. You may recognize my voice, I suppose, from what culture or my own channel, or maybe you've just stumbled across this, and my word, I have no idea what you're going to make of it. But I suppose, to sum it up, it is a positive peak podcast as we look at the positive world of professional wrestling and try and ignore all the negative Nancys. And my word, there's a lot of them. If anybody sort of started 2022 and decided I'm sure they'll all go away, you were massively wrong. You can't even have an interim title. Cody Rhodes, and I hope Cody Rhodes and the whole Rhodes family are doing okay. I think I had to pull out of the Battle of the Belts due to COVID. It certainly seems that way, although I'm not sure anybody said that specifically. So we're going to make an interim title. Oh, I can't believe you're making an interim. Does it really matter? Like, is it a massively big deal? I don't care. They do it in boxing. They do it in UFC. It, it, it may even tie into an amazing storyline. I don't know. But yeah, honestly, sometimes you just got to... Just got to ride with these things. It is just professional wrestling. Like, I love professional wrestling. Look, I'm sat here doing a podcast after making a bunch of videos about it today and wrestling myself in my real... I still get that too. You're a wrestler. I don't really know how else I can big this up, but never mind. Let's not worry about it. But I don't want to get dragged down by it. And even the things that I don't like, I kind of just let it pass through me because it's wrestling. I've got real problems. I have real problems. When I talk to the tax man, I don't go, oh man, should we talk about the fact that it's an interim title? Tax man, like, I don't care, man. Erwin R. Schreister is here and he wants you to pay up. But thank you very much for joining me. And as always, thank you to the patrons, patreon.com forward slash Simon316, who also, well, make this possible. I massively do appreciate you. You are very, very kind people. And I kind of want to talk about Brock Lesnar today, as you've noticed from the title. I don't know how this is going to be received because there is this idea on the internet, which you should never take at, well, face value, I suppose, that, the, you know, him being away and him being a quote-unquote part-timer and so on and so forth, and this completely wrong idea that he doesn't care about professional wrestling or the business, kind of takes away from his role as a performer. Now, look, did, did I want Big E to get pinned at day one? No, absolutely not. But I kind of think he's going to win the Royal Rumble now. So if that's the plan, that's all good by me because that'll be the best moment ever. But... I totally believe that Brock Lesnar is one of the best wrestlers ever. I really, really do. Like, it's not even a thought process for me anymore. I'm not sure where he would fit into my top five, but he would absolutely be in my top five. Like, I don't care about his business arrangements. I don't care about how much money he gets paid. I don't need to worry about that. And really, I guess on mass, given how much the company like WWE is making, wrestlers should probably be paid more in terms of the percentages. And when you look at the NFL or even the Premier League, my word, the Premier League over here in England is crazy when it comes to wages. But I, I don't need to worry about all that. When I sit down to watch a wrestling event, and I don't even care that he gets booked like a monster. I don't think we should be you know, booking Brock Lesnar less like a monster. I think we should be finding more people on the roster to do that because it instantly turns you into a star. It's why when recently somebody said to me that Bron Breaker should get the Goldberg treatment when he does move up to Raw or SmackDown, I was like, yes, we should absolutely do this because it's been basically 20 years since Gold over 20 years since Goldberg did all of that. I don't think we've gone that full in with anybody else with that storyline. And as we know, wrestling is cyclical and you always go back to what worked in the past eventually. So that's what I would do. 
And that is going, look at Roman Reigns. It's the same kind of a deal. He's a tribal chief. Acknowledge me. He barely ever loses. You know, ever since he came back at that SummerSlam, he has been on a tear. And while he was already a star to a certain degree, I certainly feel like getting this kind of treatment has helped him. So I'm not going to rag on Brock Lesnar for that. But every time I watch his, one of his matches, you know, whether it's his selling, again, when Bobby Lashley got him in the hurt lock, the way that, again, his offense, and I get that he's, he's pretty stiff, but it doesn't mean other people can't be stiff too. But he just has such an air of legitimacy about him. And I get that's because he's done UFC and he was the, uh, whatever his amateur wrestling credentials were that WWE pushed, I can't remember now. And of course... You know, he did get the, we'll call it the Roman Reigns treatment, even though that's not fair because it happened before Roman Reigns. But, you know, when he was on, and he won the title, what, within six months, the WWE title after he beat The Rock, pretty big deal. He beat Hulk Hogan, pretty big deal. He beat The Undertaker, pretty big deal. He was going to beat Stone Cold Steve Austin. We know what happened there. And that, to me, when you when you take all of that and just watch it in terms of the performance, in terms of the talent, I just think, in many ways, he's untouchable in terms of what he does do. And I, I just I just think he's fascinating. I really and now that we've got this new farmer boy, Brock Lesnar, that cuts his own promos, even though Paul Heyman is by the side of him, it just reminds you that he can do that as well. It was almost and there are a couple of wrestlers that I'm sure they're not as good back then as they were now, but they all got painted with this rap that they can't cut promos. AJ Styles was one, Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson was one. I'm sure there are others. I mean Bret Hart to a certain extent, but I think I know what Bret Hart was talking about, and he talks about it himself. And Brock Lesnar was put into this, but I think it was mostly because he didn't want to do it. And when you don't want to do something, you're not going to commit to it as much as if you do want to do something. I mean, that's just basic human nature. But I suppose now he's a little bit older. He's a little bit more comfortable in the role. Of course, he would have been told at first that you're not going to be with Paul Heyman. And we don't 100% know how that story was going to go, because obviously it skewed massively given that Roman Reigns tested positive for COVID. But when he told that joke on uh, Raw this week, you know, knock, knock to Bobby Lashley. Who's there? Bobby Lashley, Bobby Lashley. No, so Bobby, Bobby who? Bob, exactly, right? Who the hell is Bobby Lashley? I thought so, some people were like, that's a very heel bad guy thing to do. I'm like, is it? Is it not just ragging on Bobby Lashley in quite a, a funny and humorous way? And I thought Bobby Lashley sold it quite well too. And I can't wait for that match at the Royal Rumble. I mean, I honestly, I would have Bobby Lashley win and I'd have Roman Reigns costing the title. Um, and then maybe you do that the other way as well. So Seth Rollins walks away with the WWE title. Is that right? So Seth, no, 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 that's wrong. So Seth beats Roman and Roman walks and by, because Brock Lesnar does something and then Roman also screws over Brock so Bobby Lashley walks away. No, that's not right at all, is it? I'm mad. <laughs> Hang on, wait a minute. Let's, let's back it up a little bit. The two matches, <laughs> why do you listen to this show? I don't know. Seth Rollins versus Roman Reigns, Universal Championship. Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley for the WWE title. Now, we need to get the WWE title back on Raw. Now, I've got, why the hell does Roman Reigns have to lose? Roman Reigns only has to lose if Brock Lesnar isn't going to lose because then Brock Lesnar can just take the WWE title to SmackDown. The point is this. Ignore everything I just said. <laughs> That's the point. Roman Reigns can cost Brock Lesnar the title. Bobby Lashley can have it. Then maybe Seth can beat Bobby. He'll become the champion, do Big E versus Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. Whatever. We'll talk about that another time. But I think Brock Lesnar deserves far more dues than, than he does get. I don't think I've ever seen him have a bad match ever since he came back. Uh, those ones with Triple H weren't great. But again, let's say post-streak. Post-beating the streak. And that's one of the reasons I kind of advocate, wrong use of word for what I'm talking about. But this why I'm behind the fact he did beat The Undertaker at WrestleMania 30. Because... 
while you could argue it benefited, it could have benefited somebody who had no stock, Brock already had stock, and this just took him up to the end of level boss status, which he's never come back down from. Even when he lost to Goldberg in, what, 1 minute and 37 seconds or whatever it was in 2016. And even when he did lose to Roman here and there. Every time he comes back, like, that's Brock Lesnar, and that doesn't just happen. Even if the machine does get behind you, you have to have something. And I truly think it. I think he's one of the best. I'm not, I don't mean he's the best promo ever. I'm not saying that. But when you take his, all his other attributes and you throw that in too, it's perfectly fine. It's entertaining. It makes me laugh. Don't forget money in the bank, Brock, as well. And that's what I don't get to. People say he doesn't understand. We'll use the term because we know what we're talking about, sports entertainment. But he does. He absolutely does. Again, money in the bank briefcase, Brock. The time he was feuding with Drew and he was doing a bunch of stuff, particularly in that Royal Rumble, when he was sizing people up and trying to get them over the almost sort of behind the scenes moment we saw when uh, Drew McIntyre Claymore kicked him at the top of the, uh, the rampway on Raw just before the pandemic and Brock shouted at him you know pick up the belt pick up the belt because he gets it they understand what you know what he needs to get across and okay maybe he gets paid an awful lot of money to do it but what I was, as I've already said all I care about is what happens when I sit down and I always enjoy his matches I love that one at day one I suppose the one before that was with Roman Reigns at Survivor Series, was it? I can't even remember now. Does that make sense? Probably not. But again, I think he's awesome. I'd easily put him in my top five. I say that because I mean, if I try and do my top five now, Bret Hart and Stone Cold Steve Austin have to be in there. I wouldn't be a wrestling fan without them. So I can't take them off. Brian Danielson is probably in there, given his latest run. But that means I put Brock Lesnar in there and I've only got one, <laughs> I've only got one more position. So, I mean, there is going to be some movement there because... In this, or I'm not going to go through them, but there's a ton of wrestlers that I haven't mentioned, which makes me a terrible, dastardly person. But if someone busts into my house right now and puts a gun to my head, Brock Lesnar to me is one of the best wrestlers ever. And you can be in the top 10 and still be one of the best wrestlers ever. Top 10? There's been hundreds of people, if not thousands, that have done this. But I just think Farm Boy, whatever we're calling him Brock, I say he may be my favorite version, but Money in the Bank Brock was so damn, so damn good as well. And I get it. You know, people don't like the fact he just comes in out of nowhere and gets these big wins. And, you know, we'll go with the terminology craps on people that are there week in and week out. But let's not do that less with Brock. Let's ensure that we treat Big E, Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, a Sami Zayn, a Cesaro, whoever the hell you want, Drew McIntyre, the way we treat Brock as opposed to dry and go off. You know, we need to create new stars here. We absolutely do. That's uh, that's a problem that we do have. And I'm not trying to compare apples uh, apples with apples. You know, I understand it's totally different, but it is a benefit of AEW. Like They lost Kenny Omega. They lost uh, Chris Jericho for a bit. They lost John Moxley. But they had people in place in order to drag them. Not even drag them, that's the wrong kind of word, but in order to keep things going. And you didn't really miss them. Whereas if you don't have a Roman Reigns, you're like, huh, at the moment, if you don't have a Brock Lesnar, you'd be like, huh. And I don't necessarily think that's the best way to be. I, I think you want stars at all levels that can go down a little bit, they can come up a little bit, they can go left, they can go right, Intercontinental, US Championship, TNT, TAG, whatever the hell it may be. You always want to have those moving parts, and I do think it's something that All Elite Wrestling is doing very good right now. Uh, as we are only a couple of days removed from Raw, I thought Raw was pretty good this week, to be honest. Again, it's almost like the Raw Rumble has come around, and we have a plan, and therefore we can work backwards from that plan. And yeah, Biggie being beaten by Seth Rollins made my eyebrow raise, but I totally now believe we're doing the Royal Rumble predictions three weeks early. I totally believe that Biggie is going to win the Royal Rumble. And hell yeah, absolutely hell yeah. That's that's a great choice. It, it, I, I I would have given it to Seth Rollins potentially, but his plan. The rumor is that he was going to win the title at day one. So I assume we get it back onto him anyway. Therefore, let's have Biggie do it. I mean. If you were going to put the title on Seth Rollins, it means he was out of the Royal Rumble equation anyway. So you must have had another idea for the Rumble. 
And who better than Biggie? Drew McIntyre would have been a good shout, but he's already won it and he's out injured. So we don't need to worry about that. Roman and Brock are the champions. So, I mean, they could be in it, but they won't. I think we know about this by now. Bobby Lashley's in the champ. He probably could have given it to Bobby Lashley, but he's in the championship match, so he doesn't need to do it either. And then, look, I would love it if we went crazy and gave it to an Austin Theory or a Sami Zayn or a Kevin Owens. Of course I would. But going on WWE's past, I just don't think they're going to do it. Therefore, give it to Big E. Give him another huge win in his career. Let him go on to WrestleMania, where I now believe he probably, <clears throat> excuse me, will fight Seth Rollins. And Big E should probably win, to be completely honest. Do I not massively believe that is going to happen? I don't know. Given how WrestleMania is planned out this year, two nights, and we're going to have, I think Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch is going to be one night. I think Roman versus Brock will be the other night. This means Seth versus Big E will not be a main event on either night. And because of that, and because Bianca will probably win, and because Roman will probably win, there's every chance that um, you don't have to change the title because it won't be in that last match position. So Seth Rollins retains. That will change my opinion on the entire thing. But again, we shall wait and see. And talking about the Royal Rumble, you know, Mickey James is going to be in it. So that forbidden door, it's not even a door anymore. It's like a garage. It's like a, a spaceship. If I had told you even six weeks ago that Impact and WWE were going to work together in any guys, you would have got mad and you would have found me and you would have punched me in the face. I understand why people would have preferred it to have been a surprise. But I think, one, they've already got a bunch of surprises anyway. I mean, there's rumors out there that this is not anywhere near done in terms of, uh, you know, there may even be people in the Men's Royal Rumble that they're reaching out with, you know, like a Moose or a, I don't know, a Nick Aldis or a Trevor Murdoch, you know, NWA guys. I'm just speculating massively, but that is the rumor that, that, that people are saying. So as long as we're still going to get surprises, I, I think it's actually more important to get Mickey James's name out there because it's good for impact. Because, you know, we heard the words, uh, knockouts, women's champion, Impact Wrestling on SmackDown, I believe they announced it, right? Charlotte did it, and then we did it again on Raw, although I don't think they mentioned Impact there. But that's a benefit to Impact, to... Look, I really like Impact. I think they do... You know, Heart to Kill was really good. But they need as much, well, promotion, I suppose, and exposure as they can possibly get, right? They, they, they want to grow their crowds. They want to grow their television numbers. So I completely understand why we did it, and I think it's so damn cool. And even if she does get booked ridiculously, in for a minute and then out again... That repetition of the name, I think, makes it more worthwhile. And it is, you know, that's probably why you can throw Nick Aldis into the conversation, because obviously she's married to Mickey James. So I suppose that could be how the how the chat begins. But I mean, I did a video for this on what cultures, go and check it out. But 10 names I could genuinely realistically see in the Royal Rumble would be a moose. You know, he, he's the world champion. They're doing the women's champion. Why not? And he tweeted about Roman Reigns. A Nick Aldis, a Trevor Murdoch, obviously currently NWA world's champ. Chris Jericho is like an outside bet because he did appear on the Stone Cold podcast on the network. I think that relationship has trained drastically now because of, let I me mean, look at NXT, right? And also, I think Jericho would probably be a little bit worried how he was going to be booked. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. Chris Masters, to me, should be a lock. We had Carlito last year. And, you know, even if he is signed to NWA, I think Chris Masters is exclusive. I can't remember. But if we've got these relationships going, he should be brought in. I mean, he should have been brought in years ago. So we should absolutely do that, too. Who else did I have on that list? I had Walter, but that was a joke <laughs> just to wind people up. Although I don't want to see it. I think Walter should win everything. But of course, he is a WWE employee. Is Oh, Matt Cardona would be a great one too. Again, the whole Zack Ryder thing. I think people would enjoy that. And it's not like he, his relationship sounds like it's, it's decent enough. It's not going to, it's not going to rock any boats. And I actually can't think of anybody else. Oh, Christian was another one too. I don't think it's going to happen because of the AEW affiliation. But after last year, when they didn't give him any credence at all, now he feels like a bigger star than ever. 
So, you know, he has jumped before. If you don't know, back in the day, TNA and WWE made a deal because WWE wanted to induct Ric Flair into the Hall of Fame. So Impact said, okay, well, you've got to send Christian over here. And they did. And it was quite cool at the time. It felt quite exciting and quite fun, especially because this is when WWE was just a big dog in the yard, as they say, and there was no one else. So, yeah, enjoyed Raw. Looking forward to the Raw Rumble. I think Brock Lesnar is one of the best ever. You can go nuts at me. That's absolutely fine. And I guess we do have to talk about Alexa Bliss. That was the other notable point of Raw. There's not really much I can say about it that I haven't already said before, particularly on my ups and downs videos. I don't mind that WWE is doing this. In fact, I am glad they are. There's some... No, that's not true. But, you know, creativity in wrestling is the most important thing. You've got to be able to have fun with it. And if everybody comes up with an idea and you don't want to do it just because it may be crap, well, no. I mean, it's the same with YouTube in many ways. Take the risk, right? Absolutely take the risk and see what happens. And you can quickly move on to to something else. But I don't get it. Like, I sit there and I think, okay, I'm really going to try and understand this and enjoy it. But I don't get the character. I don't get where it's going the magic stuff is okay but it's a little bit wishy-washy and ultimately when it's all said you know when it's done i'm like did i enjoy that and i don't think that i did (laughs) so it's i think this comes down to well what we talked about earlier with the negative wrestling fans sometimes when they don't like a segment they then go this show is absolutely crap but no wrestling show can be entirely for you especially wwe if you're watching all wwe what's that three five seven and with a pay-per-view excuse me premium live event like 12 hours a week there's no way they're going to put on 12 hours in a week in seven days and you're gonna go oh my gosh i loved 100 percent of this now if you do fair play to you man or lady you are winning the damn dream but that's not to say they don't do crap things but sometimes i think that things aren't actually that bad but because you know, the internet is so vivacious, <laughs> we'll go with, that all of a sudden it becomes like it was the worst thing I've ever seen. I don't think that's fair. And that's kind of the box I put Alexa Bliss into, excuse me, box-like structure that I put Alexa Bliss into. I get it. And I can understand why people would be entertained by it. I just can't get into it. And I don't know why, because I like the Bray Wyatt stuff, but maybe that's what it was. Maybe it feels too close to that. So it feels like we're aping and we're copying something else. And it's always going to feel second fiddle. But at least she actually made it back to Raw, unlike poor Veer, who doesn't even <laughs> he doesn't even get vignettes anymore. Imagine he came back at the Raw Rumble and he won. Wouldn't that be the great best thing? Not, not even come back, debuted, I suppose, or re-debuted. Wouldn't that be the greatest thing ever? That is what I want now. That is what I want more than anything. We shall have to wait and see. I mean, moving across to AEW, Battle of the Belts, I thought was fine. I thought it was fun. nothing really to shout to be honest with you it was a cool tbs special i thought Britt baker versus reho was really good sammy versus dustin was ridiculous especially because dustin is mid 50s and ricky starts versus matt seidel was a really solid match ricky starts going to be a star matt seidel is one of the best wrestlers you could hope to work for he never has bad matches i mean i may even be getting confused some of this with rampage i can't even remember what happened on ramp was rampage the, the, the 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 death match or was that last week i don't know but that death match with the bunny um at all was was really good and you know what we should probably do? We should probably talk about Dynamite going on tonight. That's what's more interesting. Especially because, I, I don't know why, and maybe it's just because of the way they've been doing it or because I'm not 100% sure which way it's going to go. Wardlow versus CM Punk, which I believe will main event the thing, could be completely wrong, just taking a guess. I'm just desperate to see it. I am desperate to see what they're going to do. Now, of course, we had our first ever singles disqualification in AEW last week, and it tied into the story, which is my favorite thing in the world. And of course, as always, Simon, you're so biased, blah, blah, blah. One DQ, and they expected me to give it a down. I've got no problem with disqualifications. I've got no problem with countouts. I've got no problem with surprise roll-ups. I've got no problem with anything. 
in wrestling. But when you overdo something, I just get a bit worn out because that's just life. And it becomes a little bit of a crutch. So, you know, on Battle of the Belts, it kind of did feel like the Britt Baker gang continually interfering became a little bit of a crutch. It was kind of cool because it also progressed the Jamie Hayter thing and it certainly didn't take away from the match. But for one reason or another, on Sunday morning, I was like, that was too much for me today. I've seen it too much. And that's what happens. So I got no problem with the DQ and you could argue that MJF could come down here and screw this match up entirely. Now, on the one hand, I'll be really mad because I want to see it. On the other hand, I'd be like, fantastic. Maxwell Jacob Friedman got me mad. That's his entire job. But I do hope we get to see at least a bit of fighting between them. You know, Wardlow, I think... I think I read that he now equals the most consecutive matches on Dynamite. I believe it was seven by Penta or Phoenix or someone like that. It's probably not. And now he's gone seven too. So he may be off match duty for a little while, just how AEW books their shows. And he's taken on undefeated biggest star in the company, CM Punk. So I'm massively intrigued to see what we do, especially because you have the extra bit that Wardlow is going to have his face turn, right? He just is. It may not be tomorrow. It may not be in a week. It may not be in six months. You know, AEW likes to take their time, but it is in the cards and I can't wait to see it. And also, I just think Wardlow is great. I really do. I mean, Sean Spears is going to be a factor here too. So he could even cost Wardlow and that's how he starts his turn by taking out Sean Spears and then going for somebody else. But uh, I, I really look forward to this. And we've also got Sheeda versus Serena D, which is the only match that AEW will do rematches of, apart from, I guess, Brian and uh, Hangman Page. But I don't care. I love these two together. That promo that uh, Sheeda cut last week, not Sheeda, sorry, Deeb cut last week, like what you call herself, the professor or whatever, and she's all mad now. I... I don't know how we do this. I suppose whoever beats Britt Baker, which I suppose will be Thunder Rosa, should then take on Serena D. But I want Serena D to become the champion. So no, you shouldn't do that because it's going to be a really short run. Although you don't always have to do mega long titles, especially because the women don't have a secondary one. So I think every now and then you can do a quick one. Although doing that to Thunder Rosa, I don't know if it's the best idea. But I cannot wait from that. They just have good matches all the time. Also carrying on the Dante Martin stuff as he takes on Powerhouse Hobbs. So that will be intriguing. I mean, it's got to be the start of a feud. Maybe Martin makes his way through all of Team Taz so he could take... Oh, that'd be good. He could beat Hobbs. That's quite a tough one to do. But he could beat Hobbs, beat Starks. Nah, I don't know, actually. But then he could take on Hook, right? <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine that. Hook could get cheered over Dante Martin, who's like the quintessential babyface. I get a lot of messages about Hook, too, which is wonderful. Turns out he is drawing ratings to Rampage as well, which has become his show. So the, the, the annoying ones are always, oh, you're getting too excited about Hook. We may have talked about it on this show before. You're getting too excited about Hook. It's like, what do you mean too excited about Hook? It's too much too soon. For who? I'm, I'm giving him too much. I'm enjoying him too much, am I? <laughs> like, who cares? Let's say he's actually crap. He's not. But let's just say he is. He's absolutely crap. All right. In six weeks, we go, well, that was a fun nine, ten weeks, whatever it was, in six weeks' time. And you move on to something else. I would much rather he was treated like a star. We treated him like a star, and we tried to elevate him to the next level. And he succeeded than worry that he's not going to so that we don't do nothing. I really don't understand it. Why would you? Why would you? Again, it's the Goldberg situation. Do you want to know why Goldberg was so good? It's because he had the intensity. And if you had put other people into that position, it probably would have worked. But it's also because he was told, Bill, you're going to beat everyone in eight seconds. And you're going to look really cool. So everyone watched him and went, oh, man, that guy's really cool. He just comes in here and kicks everybody's ass. All these other schmoes, they're taking minutes. He's taking seconds. It's just so simple. So uh, push hook to the moon. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. We've had a good period of time and we can move on to something else. It's so strange. Everything has to be so negative and so down all the time. Uh-uh. Don't know why I'm doing stuff. That was annoying. I shouldn't have done that. That's a stone cold, <laughs> stone cold Steve Austin thing. Outside of that, was there anything else crazy going on that I can't remember? I mean, probably. Tom Hannafin, the former Tom Phillips at Impact, I thought was awesome. He's joined the commentary team. He is so good. 
Like, I'm so used to that environment of impact. And this is no disrespect for Matt Stryker, who I think does a fine job. You know, he, he gets it done. But when you had, I guess, someone who I believe is better, that sounds a bit mean, but it's true, I suppose. It really, really added to the show and it made it feel so much more professional. He's just really good at his job. And the, I can't remember why he got released now. Maybe there was something behind it, but nuts. <laughs> like, what an absolutely nuts decision that was. Like, there's, you can't find a position for him on your show. I think you absolutely can. Although WWE commentary is much better nowadays. I think Matt, Pat Matt McAfee and Michael Cole are great. And I do like Byron, Corey Graves, and... Um, oh, his name's escaped me. Jimmy Smith. I think they, they're fine. I mean, they get fed dumb lines sometimes. And that's... You know, it makes you roll your eyes a little bit. And they're so shocked by everything. It's always, whoa, ah, hey, ah. But I think that's the way they're being directed as opposed to them. I'm pretty sure if you put them in a different situation, they would be they would be good. And talking about WWE, MLW is suing them. Now, I've only read a little bit about this because it kind of came up on my feed before I got into this. But it sounds like they're being sued. Basically, MLW was going to do some kind of TV deal with Vice. WWE heard about this and was like, no, if you do that, you know, we're going to punish you, which you cannot do. That's not a cool thing. So MLW is now basically suing them for, well, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, well, just trying to corner the market, you know, dominate the market in a way that you're not allowed to do. Like you have to have competition. It's why sometimes companies try to merge and a body goes, no, you can't do that because, you know, you, you'll take over the whole market and there won't be as much uh, choice for the for the fans. And I'm, I presume it's the same in wrestling. The difficult thing with uh, suing WWE is you have to take on Jerry McDivitt. And if you've ever watched any video about Jerry McDivitt, my word, the guy is like a monster. He will crush you and he will not care. And also, not that I know for sure, always want to make that clear. It does sound like WWE's favorite thing in the world is just tying you up in legal fees. So it costs you a fortune and eventually you're like, you know what? This is this is not worth it. Like they basically buy you out of the law because they have more money than you. But it's kind of crazy. Like MLW are a sizable promotion to a degree. Like I think if I'm looking at it, you go WWE, AEW, and then I suppose then I think everyone is kind of sort of fighting for third place. You'd have to mention GCW, Ring of Honor, maybe, but they're in a precarious position at the moment. But then, yeah, I think MLW are there. I mean, they have exclusive wrestlers. They have great talent. They have great shows. They've got television deals. Maybe the NWA is hanging around there as well and probably some other people that I've uh, I've forgotten about now. But yeah, I'll be massively intrigued to see what happens there because yeah, WWE doesn't usually muck around with that kind of stuff. And I remember what else I wanted to talk about, even though it feels like seven years ago because so much news comes at us all the time. Samoa Joe left the WWE for the second time in a year, which is crazy. But the silver lining is is that the rumors were he's going to go back to wrestle somewhere. Now, it surely has to be AEW. I don't know why I paused for 87 years then, but it has to be AEW because to me, as it's been so long, I think some of us, and not necessarily, but Samoa Joe is absolutely one of the best wrestlers out there at the moment i pause there to try and think it's not even that when joe comes to the ring i'm like all right you know shib's about to go down so i guess it was again we'll just theme up this whole episode it's a bit like brock lesnar he has a brock lesnar attitude to him and you rarely see him have bad matches and he's just incredibly believable now there are a bunch of wrestlers that aew does have but i think it comes down to the fact the nerd in me wants to see Punk versus Joe 4, I think it would be, like 15, 16, 17, 18 years after we had the end of the trilogy and doing it on a much bigger stage. I want to see Brian Danielson versus Joe. I want to see Jungle Boy versus Joe. 
I want to see, um, I mean, Cody Rhodes versus Joe. Have we ever seen that? I don't think so. I don't think their paths ever crossed in WWE. I could be completely wrong. You know, I want to see him in there. I want to see Miro versus Joe. And I would presume it would be Samoa Joe's last run. And I'm not going to say that he was negated in WWE because he was allowed to. He was. He did feel like Samoa Joe, but not crazy Samoa Joe. And he's obviously a lot older now than he was in TNA. So I'm sure he wants to protect his body a little bit better because he's got you know other commitments. But that would be the silver lining. I don't like anybody losing their job. I don't think it's fun. We won't get into that because it's me harping on like I have done it before. But as a fan, if he does get back to wrestling and he does indeed go to AEW, I think that opens the door. And again, for all the people now going, yeah, Simon, if AEW's got too big a roster. All right, go tell Tony Khan. He deals with the roster. I don't have to worry about it again. He knows what he's doing. He's a businessman. And so far, he's done pretty good. So I'm going to guess he's going to continue to do pretty good. And if he doesn't, then we can start talking about it. And as we have mentioned, NXT too, obviously, because that's technically where Samoa Joe got released from. He, uh, NXT is now, I've lost my notes. Where is it? There they are. NXT apparently, again, all rumors but speculation, but it's good to talk about. Apparently, the NXT creative team has now been informed they will fall under the jurisdiction of Bruce Pritchard and Christine Lebrano, who are the people in charge of Raw and SmackDown. So, I mean... Do I think we're going to see any massive changes? No, I think NXT 2.0 has always been under those people's edict. Don't know what it means for Shawn Michaels. I imagine Shawn Michaels stays there. I don't think Triple H is going to leave to start his own company. That's the other question we always get. I mean, do not forget he is married to Stephanie McMahon. You know, that's going to put a lot of strain on that marriage and some things are just not worth it. But also he's got kids. It doesn't... He still has a job in WWE. All right. Do I think what's happened to him is fair? No. Do I think he's been made the scapegoat in all of this when he shouldn't have been? Yes. But there's more to it than just that. If he leaves and starts, he's not going to go to AEW. It's just not worth it for him. I mean, what's he going to do at Christmas? Hi, Vince. (laughs) Nobody wants that in their life. Nobody wants that kind of stress. You're going to, you know, the man is already, I'm not going to say he's ill because I do not know his, uh, what do you call it? health situation but i know he had a heart attack and i know he had surgery so there's no way i'm gonna crap all over him absolutely not uh, actually one other thing i do i'm jumping all over the place now but i've gone should had my notes up the entire time i love the fact that chad gable and otis won the tag team titles on raw it's such a shame that this clearly wasn't a plan and we couldn't have built them up more it was so random but if you haven't read chad gable's post about his friendship with otis do they should get that on the show tomorrow even if they are heels but I just thought it was fun and it was different. And it's two guys that I'm always rooting for, even though they lose all the time. So for them finally to be pushed through, oh man, I thought it was absolutely tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. And I'm worried that RK Bro's just going to win it right back because I still don't believe that WWE sees the worth in those two guys that they absolutely should. But it was a it was a real feel-good moment. As well, it wasn't a feel-good moment, but I thought it was a decent moment when Nikki Ash turned on Rhea Ripley as well. I mean, I've, I've been rooting for that for ages. I don't think you need to turn Rhea Ripley back heel. I don't think that makes any sense. I think Nikki Ash needed something extra for her character. So, and don't forget, she can play heel. Like when she, I think still to this day, her best uh, gimmick was when she was in Sanity. I'm not saying you have to go back to that, but you can borrow elements of this, the elements of the weird Nikki Ash persona, which was strange. She did have to stand there and say, what, what was it again? Like, almost superheroes don't have friends i'm like that's not it's not a sentence (laughs) it's not a sentence you've just made stuff up and that was absolutely crazy but the point was this there was a lot of good stuff you can take away from monday nights that gets me excited to see where it's going to go 
And that's all you ever need to do, especially if you have a weekly show that goes on forever. I was talking to this about my girlfriend the other day. What other show goes on forever? Even sports have a break. Like we're coming up to the NFL season. We're halfway through the Premier League, which will be done in May or probably later due to all the COVID delays. But WWE jazz it is like a so that's probably the main comparison to a soap opera. I think Days of Their Lives and stuff. Well, EastEnders over here on Coronation Street, they don't they don't stop. They just keep rolling and rolling and rolling and rolling. So yeah, it's uh, I'm glad we're in January, I think is the best way to put it. Raw Rumble will be good. I think there's only one event between the Rumble and Mania, which will make Mania feel even more special. And then we do have to get into the um, the, the two-night scenario, which will also be fascinating. And I, I'm guessing, I don't know what it's like over in America at the moment. I know it's pretty bad. But over here in England, it kind of feels like the COVID situation. I'm not going to say it's easing because there's still a lot of badness out there. But the real worries that I know a lot of us have haven't come... Well, they haven't popped up yet. It doesn't mean they're not going to, but hopefully it does mean if you are planning to travel to WrestleMania, there's not going to be a problem and we can uh, we can just get it done. Otherwise, I think that's everything that's been going on in the wrestling world. Let me just go to a website that would have such news to make sure we haven't not talked about anything. Don't forget, we do two episodes a week now and we'll do the questions on the second one in the week just to try and mix things up. I suppose yeah, the Bella Twins are coming back for the Royal Rumble. We didn't talk about that as well as Lita and Michelle McCool. And I think, spoiler, spoiler, turn off, turn off, if you don't want to hear this, Melina's going to be in it. And there was someone else too, and now I've forgotten because I'm an idiot. But it was someone that's not permanently signed to the roster. Although they were always going to have to bolster the, the women's side anyway because they fired everybody, which is totally crazy. But I think they had 19 women tops that they could have used. So they were always going to have to buff it out, which is also probably why we are going to get some more... Uh, some more surprising names before all is said and done, which I'm completely cool with. And yeah, John Cena's been going around saying that, you know, there was some chatter about Vince McMahon telling him he'll join his feud with The Rock. But look, it didn't happen. <laughs> I know I like reading those stories too. Of course I do. It, it's always fun. But it's just that when it didn't happen. So never mind. I mean, would I have turned John Cena heel? Absolutely. And one of the reasons I would have done it kind of ties into the Alexa Bliss stuff. Do it just to do it and we can see. I also understand why WWE didn't do it. Merchandise sales. His was through the roof. House show sales. His was through the roof. Go back to the summer of Cena from last year and you can, you know, you can see the impact he has. And that's probably because we kept his character for so long that he ingrained himself in the wait for it WWE universe. He also says that he's not done, by the way. Doesn't think he's going to be at WrestleMania 38, but he said not done by a long shot. So I would guess probably towards the end of 2022, maybe around Survivor Series again, he will come back and do something. Maybe we will finally get the illustrious 17th reign, I think it would be now. I can't even remember. I'm pretty sure it was 17. I get... uh... I get I get confused with all of that. But I mean I I never hated Cena in the way that people did, but I now I just think he's awesome. He's a legend. And I know there's some stories out there that make you go, huh, don't know what's going on there. But again, I'm not gonna worry about that. In terms of an in ring performer, I don't know what WWE would have been like from what, two thousand and four to 2018, I guess he started to wind down, if not a little bit later than that, without John Cena. Like he was an absolute he kind of like Stone Cold Steve Austin, obviously trailblaze, not even trailblaze, but you know, his, his fire was bright for like five years and he went away. The Rock didn't even peak, basically. He just left and went to Hollywood. Hulk Hogan obviously had one of these long reigns, but when you are talking about those super duper long reigns, it is John Cena who is the only other guy to do that on top for like 12, 13 years, whatever it is. And of course he had the backing of the office, but that's really hard to do. And it's almost impossible to do. Will we ever see it again? I don't know. Are we living in an era now? I did a Royal Rumble list for What Culture the other day. And uh, I think Raw Rumble, the, the most amount of Raw Rumble appearances 
was 30. I can't remember now, but it, it wasn't that high. But it was quite a lot. And you're like, I don't think any of the new people, let's say, I mean, Austin Theory, he's got his first Royal Rumble in 2022. I know the number was more than 20. So he's still going to have to be there at 2042. And given the way that WWE operates at the moment, I don't think he will be. And that's not disparaging to him. I really like Austin Theory. I think he's doing great. Didn't appreciate the fact we did AJ Styles and him and did a DQ finish. I thought it was boring. But that's why I don't think some of these records are going to be broken because it's just not a long-tenured company anymore. I genuinely think, and I could be totally wrong, who the hell knows, that unless your name is Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, Vince McMahon, maybe charlotte but i don't know that actually that's not i don't know not even with her i take that back not even with becky lynch i would say just those people that at any time we could wake up and see that they've been let go which is absolutely crazy because well saying that they're all doing really well like we're going to soon find out what's happening with keith lee which will be exciting and I imagine he would go to aew jonah had a great match at tna tna idiot hard to kill against josh alexander which he lost which was very surprising and there was somebody else who who popped up somewhere recently and I was really glad to see, but now I can't remember who it was. Impact's quite good, by the way, now, if you, if you want to do watch it. I'm enjoying the, I guess it's an invasion angle, you know, with uh, with Ring of Honor. And it certainly sounds like Jonathan Gresham, there's another guy. I can't remember if I said that earlier. I, if I was WWE, especially because I'm pretty sure he is just a free agent now. There's no middleman. He can do whatever he wants. I would reach out and get Jonathan Gresham in there. I know the argument is, but he's not going to get that big a reaction from the fans because he is quite a niche choice. But I think it would be great. And I think the benefit of being in the Royal Rumble, even if you're afraid of how you're going to get booked, is that you are you do have a huge platform. Like, the Royal Rumble will be one of the biggest watch pay-per-views of the entire year. And even if they try... I think the audience nowadays is so smart that even if they tried to... Screw you over, I suppose. I don't think it would work, and I think it would just fall back on them. And I think they're aware of that, too. I think they know when it comes to PR, they don't need any more bad PR. I know they sometimes come across like, we don't give a crap, but I still think, they, I still think they're very meticulous about these things. So even if it was manufactured good PR, <laughs> I, think, I think that he, they would want to. So I hope so, anyway. I hope there's some good few surprises. I also don't mind that Johnny Knoxville is in the thing. I mean, we've been doing this for years. And we've been doing it with Drew Carey. We did it with Pete Rose. I mean, there'll be a bunch of people I can't even think about now. Like, you should get celebrities in the Royal Rumble. I do care. Boris, uh, Boris Johnson, that's because it's popped up on my Twitter feed. It's Johnny Knoxville. They do have the exact same pronunciation. Not pronounced. You know what I'm talking about. So, I, yeah, put Johnny Knoxville in the Rumble. I don't understand why he had to tip out Sami Zayn. And, no, and everybody else can just declare. I mean, this is like last year where you I, I swear, you go on Twitter and go, I declared for the Royal Rumble, and you may actually get a call. <laughs> you, have, you have absolutely no idea. So it is crazy times, right? I'm refreshing the news site. If nothing else has come up, we shall wrap up for the day. Just a bit of a rant for this episode, but I know it was meant to go up yesterday. It went up today. Don't worry, we'll still do the one tomorrow. And make sure you check out Simon316 if you want on Twitter. If you want to ask some questions, give me a follow there too. Give me a follow on Instagram at Simon316. If you want access to my crazy YouTube channel, you can search for Simon Miller. Any subscribe would be great. Trying to add a bunch this year, which is going to be impossible. But hey, it's nice to have goals. SimonMiller.BigCartel.com for merchandise. Patreon.com for Simon316 if you do want to support the show financially because I don't earn any money from it. And if you're into supplements, go to GorillaMind.com for Simon. Get 10% off. They're my favorite supplement brand. You don't have to believe me. That's all right as well. Otherwise, keep enjoying your wrestling. Enjoy AEW Dynamite tonight. 
and then I'll, I'll, well, I'll talk to you tomorrow. So we won't have done SmackDown. And I don't think we will have done anything else. But again, there is so much resting. That's the other thing with 2022. This weekend alone, and again, I'm not moaning. I got a stupid job. But this weekend alone, we had Rampage, we had SmackDown, we had Hard to Kill, and we had Battle of the Belts. And then the week before that, obviously, we had day one. So anybody that thought 2022 was going to calm down, I will be intrigued to see if this burns some people out. Like, I benefit massively because I get to have my opinion and people react to me and it goes on what culture, et cetera, et cetera. And we do the podcast here. You know, all my opinions are out there in the abyss and there is something addictive about getting that kind of reaction and people feeding back to you. But I would be intrigued to know, let me know, you know, are you getting to the point now where you really have to choose what wrestling programs you want to watch? Because, you know, three hours of Raw, two hours of NXT, two hours of AEW, what's that, seven hours. And then we add in SmackDown, that's nine hours. We add in Rampage, we're up to 10. Uh, let's say we do watch a pay-per-view too, we'll add it up to, what about say, 13, 14. So let's say there are some weeks you probably could watch 15 hours plus. And we haven't even talked about Wrestle Kingdom. Maybe we talked about that last week, I can't remember. Very good show is all you need to know. Well... I'd say it was a very good show. I think it massively suffered because there was nobody in the crowd. And some of the matches, like, I enjoyed, but they didn't feel like Wrestle Kingdom matches. Like, WrestleMania has done this too. I'm not even sure. Like, if Wrestle Kingdom is New Japan's big show, and, and WrestleMania obviously is WWE's, have we decided what AEW's big show is? Is it double or nothing? Have we decided that? I don't know. Get in touch with me about that as well. I'd be intrigued. And your thoughts on Brock Lesnar. Because I know at least one of you hates Brock Lesnar, and you've been seething hearing me talk to him about this. So get in touch and we can we can share people's thoughts, hopefully tomorrow, which will be quite fun. But again, I appreciate you listening to my voice. Uh, tomorrow's will be a little bit longer as well. We'll always try and hit that hour mark. But you take care of yourself. And that's it. Thank you very much. Goodbye.